Well, hello, I'm Dr. Shante Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, and it truly is my pleasure to bring you instructional, informative, inspirational truth and encouragement as we continue this the gifted series. So let's go ahead and jump right in and bow as we go before the throne. Most gracious and heavenly Father, God, we do thank you. We bless you. We honor you for all that you have given, all the gifts that you have given, the uniqueness in which you called us into, how you created us, God. We just ask for more information so that we walk accordingly. As you say, walk worthy, and we want to walk worthy. So we thank you in advance for what we're going to learn today. Um, as we look at ministerial gifts, God, we ask that you impart your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, so that we might be forever changed and motivated to do what you've called. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray and give you thanks. Amen. All right. Well, today we are in part seven of the Gifted series, and this is actually going to be our final installment. If you have missed any of the other ones, you wanna make sure that you go back and listen to those. We believe and we recognize that everyone has been given a gift. Today, we're gonna to talk about the ministerial gift. So I'm going to Ephesians chapter number four, beginning at verse 10 through 16. And again, I'm reading from the Hallman Christian Standard Version, so it might sound a little bit different. And the Bible says, the one who is descended, this is Christ, is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11, and he, he being Christ, personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness, then we will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head Christ. From him, the whole body fitted and knitted together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. You know, when we look at ministerial gifts, when we look at the fivefold ministry as we identify them, there are so many people who want to be a part of the fivefold ministry that we don't take the time to look at what it really means and what it entails. My hat's off to those who are gifted in this particular area, but recognizing that everyone is not. So let me just take you back for a moment, um, back for a moment in time when I used to run track. My dad was a track coach. And in running track, you know, we all want to run this race and we want to run it appropriately. As Paul says, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. <laughs> we want to finish our course too. We want to run as one who is obtaining the prize that is set before us. We want to do it with excellency. We want to do it with the, with the right passion and purpose behind it. We want to get to the other side. 
Well, in running races, there are three things that I learned. One, you've got to run light. Oh, lay a weight uh, aside every weight that so easily besets you, right? At sin that so easily besets you. You've got to lay that aside if you're going to run the race appropriately and others are going to follow you. But secondly, there was a handout because I used to run relays. And in relays, you had a certain boundary, a certain place of which you had to then pass the baton. There was a handoff. And it had to be within those boundaries. If you were outside of the boundaries, you were disqualified. You had to run your race. If your name wasn't on the list for that particular race or that particular spot, then you were not supposed to be on the track. But then after you got on the track, after you were running light because you didn't or you weren't weighed down by anything else, and after you passed the baton appropriately, the number one thing you had to do was stay in your lane. You didn't run into somebody else's lane or you were disqualified. And so we want to make sure that we do just that. As we went through this particular passage, now we've talked about the motivational gifts in Romans chapter number 12, and we've talked about the spiritual gifts, the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. But in this particular passage, in Ephesians chapter number four, we're talking about the gifts that Christ has given to the church. These are what we identify as the fivefold ministry. Let me just say, if you're not a part of the fivefold ministry, if you don't stand in that office, it does not um, diminish your responsibility. It does not diminish your place in the body of Christ. It does not diminish what God can do through you. It just simply says that you don't stand in one of these offices and that's okay because with this office comes much responsibility. To whom much is given, much is required. And we want to do what we're supposed to do. So let me just break down for you these fivefold ministry gifts. First, there was the apostle or apostolos as identified in the Greek. These are special messengers to represent Christ. It means to send or to be the ambassador. Now, we all want to be ambassadors of Christ and we can be in certain areas. But this um, apostle is one that has to be able to set up a foundation. They have to have the organizational skills. They have to do the work of the evangelist. They have to be the prophet. They have to be the teacher. They have to be all of these things all at the same time initially to set it up and go. Now, if you have not been sent somewhere other than your local assembly, you are not an apostle. I'm just telling the truth in love. Did it not say this <laughs> speaking the truth in love, in love, uh, lovingly, I'm saying to you, if you happen to be pastoring, there is nothing wrong with you being a pastor. That is a title that is an office that is given by God. And it is, it is honorable. You don't have to then change your name to apostle or bishop or anything else like that. An apostle is one that is sent, sent to other locations where there is not, um, an established location, an established understanding of who Christ is or what God has done. So don't water down um, this assignment It's if you are then identified or assigned to a specific congregation. Don't water it down. Apostles, we talk about the 12 apostles, and they're only going to be those 12 apostles. Those were original disciples of Christ, and uh, Paul takes that uh, place of Judas that is no longer. They are the original apostles. Christ called them apostles. 
and they're the apostles of the lamb. They're not going to be any additional apostles of the lamb. So let's just get that one straight. That would be a false teaching. There will be some other apostles where God has sent some people to certain third world countries in many instances or places where there has not been an establishment of Christianity. So I want to just bring to your attention Ephesians chapter number two, verse 20. It identifies that these apostles and prophets build a foundation. This is built up on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ as the chief cornerstone. So if you're not building a foundation somewhere, then that's not you. If you have not built anything or you do not have the qualities to build or to set up, to instruct, to lead, or to lay a foundation, you just have not been called to this particular office. In other words, you have not been uniquely gifted to do this, and that's okay. There's a second one that is identified here, and that is the one of the prophet or prophetess. Um, to tell beforehand is the definition. It's a foreteller of future events. In other words, God speaks through you. And we all should speak through the divine inspiration and the intervention or influence of Christ. But in many instances, it might be fleeting. For a prophet, it comes on a regular basis. They exhort, they reprove, and they even threaten individuals as well as nations as the ambassadors of God and the interpreter of his will, his word. That's what you're telling. It's not what you want to see happen. There's no manipulation here, but you're hearing what thus saith the Lord and you're sharing that information with those that are in front of you. A prophet is typically not one that is well-received because they don't want to hear that you, they're doing wrong. They don't want to understand that God has a specific, a perfect will, and that's what he wants to happen. And he's setting the plumb line, if you would. Others don't really want to receive, in many instances, a prophet that is telling them things that are not good. They're not just going along with your program, but they're putting you back on God's plan, talking about his principles. And so that's what a prophet does. Usually it's sudden and powerful um, speeches that are awakening the feelings as well as the consciousness of the hearers. Usually they don't remain in one specific place. It's not a title that's just given just because you don't want to identify the exact office that the person stands in. It is not a fallback title. Oh, we're just going to call you a prophet because we don't know what to call you. No. And it's not just every now and then. The apostle as well as the prophet are going to then build that foundation according to Ephesians 2 and 20 to make sure that God's word, God's precepts, God's principles are going to be followed and they lay that stripped foundation. The third that is identified in Ephesians chapter number four is the evangelist or evangelizo, to evangelize. One who is going to declare the good news of God. They're gonna have to have a good testimony, go to Acts chapter number seven, a good testimony filled with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom. Everybody cannot serve appropriately. Most often though, they're going to then be preaching or teaching to unbelievers. The whole point is they have one mode, one thought process. I want to get you saved. I want you to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And then 
I'll turn you over to the teachers and the pastors so that they can then instruct you on how to behave. See, an apostle is going to be a prophet as well as an evangelist, as Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 5, do the work of an evangelist. But it's not a fallback position as an evangelist just because you don't want to identify a woman in a specific office. Don't just call her an evangelist if that's not what she does. Hmm. I know. Apostle, prophets, evangelists. The third or fourth one is the pastors or poimen, meaning the shepherds. Those are ones who care for the flock of God. They're going to be there day in and day out. They're the ones that are overseeing them. They have a significant role and it's not one that should be entered into lightly. Everybody is not a pastor. And just because you're married to a pastor doesn't make you a pastor too. Everybody wants to be in ministry, but it's not for the faint of heart. See, the pastor is the spiritual guide of a particular church, a particular congregation. Acts chapter number 20, verse 28, it says, and I'm going to read this one for, for you from the Holman Christian Standard Version. Uh, verse 28 says, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock that the Holy Spirit has appointed you to as overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. The Holy Spirit is going to assign the right people to you. If he hasn't assigned anybody to you, then you're not pastoring. If he's only assigned your family to you, yes, you're supposed to shepherd your family, but that doesn't put you in the office of a pastor. Notice it says that you're an overseer of them. An overseer, when you look at it in the King James, it says the bishop or the overseer, you have a bishopric. That doesn't mean that that is a title. Christ gives those five pastors. And the pastor title is synonymous with saying that you have the oversight over some. It is not for the faint of heart. I will tell you quick, best and in a hurry. I am not called to be a pastor. I'm not called to be a prophet. I am not necessarily called to be an apostle. That's not what he's called me to. Because I recognize that as a pastor, me, myself, I don't know about you, but you got to deal with pastors. A whole lot of different personalities. And if there were more than one of me, in that same location, I'm not necessarily graced to handle that. And so you have to be graced, uniquely designed, and fortified to be able to handle the position of a pastor. Sometimes it's a thankless position. All the time, it's a tireless position. And I honor those that have been called in any of these locations, but I also honor the pastors. Um, the fifth one that is identified as teachers, and this is pastors and teachers, and typically pastors should be able to teach, but it doesn't mean that a teacher is going to be a pastor. Now, the teachers, didaskalos, is the ones who are going to teach or to instruct or to master something so that they will be able to then um, share with those that are learning to behave appropriately in the body of Christ. They are going to research. They're the it's synonymous or correlates with learner as well as pupil, as well as disciple. They give progressive instruction of God's redeeming purpose. You see, it is important that we have teachers because they're going to sit there with you in order to make sure that you truly understand. They will break it down in many different avenues if they need to, in order for you to then be able to walk out what you're supposed to. The Bible says, 
Don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers also. Well, how can you apply if you don't understand? You understand because you had a teacher that taught. And see a pastor that's standing in the pulpit teaching a message on a Sunday morning or giving a sermonic presentation is going to teach and break down some things on a specific topic for you. But sometimes they can't break it all down depending on the congregation or the level of the congregation that's in front of them. And so you need teachers then on the other side that are going to just help along with sometimes we call them leaders, but they really should be able to teach. See, the whole point of these ministry gifts, and I wanted to bring out to you is everybody has been gifted and this is important, but there is a reason these five were given to the body of Christ by Christ. He says, I gave them for the perfecting of the saints so that you can do the work of ministry. And in so doing the work of ministry, it's not going to stop at any specific time. He tells us specifically, let me go back to it. Verse um, 12, for the training of the saints, which is the perfecting of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. They're edifying the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of God's son. Now, have we gotten there yet? No, we still need all five of those gifts growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. So we need to be more Christ-like, yes, in everything that we do. Verse 14, then we will no longer be like children. Why are we having these gifts in the body of Christ so that we won't be tossed to and fro like children going with every wind of doctrine, blown away by them with the cunning deceits that are out there. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, that's what an apostle is going to do, a prophet's going to do, an evangelist is going to do, a pastor is going to do, and a teacher is going to do. Speak the truth in love so that we can grow up in every way unto him who is the head, which is Christ. From him, the whole body is fit together and knitted together for every supporting ligament. We promote the growth of the body for building up itself in love for the proper working of each individual part. Yes, we need ministerial gifts. And those are the fivefold ministry. And if you don't stand in one of those offices, don't be afraid. The Bible tells us in James chapter number three, verse one, Desire not to be many masters, for you shall have the stricter condemnation. You have to answer to God for what he has called you to do. So again, let me just go back. The overall premise is the fact that we believe that everyone, I believe the Bible teaches that everyone has been given a gift, uniquely designed by God and giving gifts. We need to run light. Run according to the way that God has created you with the motivations that he has given you with the spiritual gifts that he has given you. And if you happen to stand in an office for that office that he has given you, run light. But to hand off or recognize the gifts and ordain appropriately those that are under your leadership as a leader, be responsible with your commissioning hand off appropriately within the right boundaries. But thirdly, I said, we need to stay in our lane. Acknowledge and appreciate the gifts that God has given you, but also acknowledge and appreciate the gifts that God has given others. Stay in your lane that God has assigned you to be. This is the gifted series. Go back and listen to the other gifts. If you are not in this gift, it is okay. Appreciate those that are.
Let's bow. Most gracious and heavenly Father, God, we do thank you. We bless you. We honor you for the gifts that you have given that each and every one of us, God, you have called to a specific purpose for such a time as this. Help us to walk it out appropriately. Help us to do what we've been called to do. God, we love you and we want to serve in the best possible place. If we're out of order, Lord, rectify that. Show us where we're wrong and show us where we need to be. We're going to be so careful. So not only want to walk the way you have us, to apply the word that you have taught us, but God, we want to encourage and inspire others to do just the same. So we ask for a new commissioning. We ask for a fresh wind. We ask for a fresh anointing. We ask for our passions to be stirred up. We ask God for our purposes to be revealed. We ask, Lord, that you would put us on the right path at the right time in the right place. God, we're going to bless you for it. We receive it. In the name of Jesus. All right, family, I'm Dr. Shante Haynes, and it truly is my pleasure. And I will tell you this. Let me just make this one statement. I do stand in the office of a teacher and recognize that. I don't stand in the other offices, but as a teacher, I do. I've been teaching theology for over 20 plus years, but at the very beginning of this, when I acknowledge my call to ministry, I happen to go to a ministry conference. And typically it is male dominated and that's fine too, but they separated us lay persons versus clergy. And if you happen to be a woman, you were only considered a lay person and that's man's decision. Okay. And sitting in a specific classroom where we were going through uh, methods of Bible study and breaking down uh, the Greek and the Hebrew words and, and working all of that out, tense voice and mood, the whole nine yards. The person that was teaching looked at me and pointed his finger like a smoking gun. He goes, I'm going to shoot that smoking gun. Women should not teach. And I just recently read this morning, someone writing the same information, looking at Paul's teaching with a microscope and not really dissecting and looking at all of that. And he said, a woman should not teach in the church or usurp the authority of a man. And he did say that, but you have to recognize a culture during that particular time that women were seated in different sections and they were asking questions of each other because they could not hear since they were at the back. And he says, ask your husbands at home, but what happens to those who did not have husbands? They would have to ask their fathers or someone else to teach them because the men were sitting up close. But that does not mean that women should not teach in the body of Christ. It does not mean that they cannot be pastors of God, so calls them. It does not mean that they cannot be an apostle um, if God calls them to any of those offices, because here's what I learned. In the middle of that classroom, I was pricked to say, wait a minute, hold up. I thought I heard you, Lord. And this person is telling me something different. So I had to have a come to Jesus moment in that hotel room in LA. I sure did. I, I skipped lunch. Lord, I need to talk to you because I heard what you said and what you called me to do, but I'm hearing also what this other person is telling me and it's not lining up and I'm confused. And what the Lord told me is that he is sovereign. He decides which vessel he decides to use. And he knew that I was a woman before he called me to do what he called me to do. So I'm saying that for you as women, if you know 
beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has called you to a specific office with a specific gift, then use it. Don't allow anyone else to deceive you for you to sit back, step back, sit down and not let your voice be heard because it's not your voice that you're speaking, it's God's. And I say that also to men because in some instances, people will look at you and say, it doesn't look like, it doesn't appear that you are the person that should be in this particular position. But if God has called you, not your mom, not your sister, not your leader, not somebody else, but if you know, if God has called you, then you do what you're supposed to run your race, stay in your lane and do what thus saith the Lord. I'm Dr. Shante Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries. Have a fantastic rest of your day. You can find us online at shantehaynes.com. That's C-H-O-N-T-A-H-A-Y-N-E-S dot com. We are a division of Heart to Heart Truth Ministries and Heart to Heart Truth Foundation. Donations are welcome at shantehaynes.com backslash foundation. At Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, we're helping believers live an abundant life based on God's word, standing on his promises, walking out his principles, sharing with God's people, serving as unto the Lord.